in crunchy times, in soggy times, there's one force of nature that's always there for you. It's cereal. There's a second that's with you on a more or less bi-weekly basis. And it's the Empty Bowl, a meditative podcast about cereal. My name is Justin McElroy, and I'm a cereal enthusiast. And I'm Dan Goubert, and uh, given your description of cereal as a force of nature, I would call myself a, a cereal meteorologist of sorts. I like that. that. I'm trying to predict the way that, uh, you know, the the crunchy precipitation will fall into <laughs> your bowl and what that might mean for your commute tomorrow. Uh, we are going to talk about cereal news. We're going to do some reviews of cereal and cereal-related products. And uh, we're going to take some of your voicemails and uh, maybe some other stuff. You know, never know. We like to keep it loose here. Uh, But I would encourage you for the next half hour or so to just kind of calm down, relax, uh, get comfy, get a bowl of cereal if you're so inclined. I'm sure this would pair uh, very well. If you don't have one on hand now, I'm sure you'll be craving one by the end of the episode. But the important thing is to just be in this moment here now with us and just think about cereal. Give yourself permission to just think about cereal. Now, Dan, uh, we've got some, I would say, exciting news uh, and and a little bit of sad news, which is a rarity for us here on the Empty Bowl. But I do think it's important to uh, to keep up with all of it. Yeah. So, well, we should probably start with the, the higher notes. Sure. Um, you know, we're going to go with the buoyant flow of uh, upwards and downwards energy. Crunchy before soggy. That's what exactly, I say. Exactly. And I think looking at the things we're going to talk about today, we're probably talking about the least straightforward new cereal products uh, that we may have ever done in an episode. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, but I would argue that one of the, the top headlines of the week is that Smart Food is releasing a new Cap'n Crunch Crunch Berries snack mix, which from the name you would expect there to be a lot of nuance here, um, a lot of a sort of a diverse cast of characters as you would mm-hmm. come to expect in any snack mix. And there were Cabin Crunch snack mixes before this one, and they were actually pretty unique. Uh, they were peanut butter chocolate and uh, chocolate caramel, both of which Ooh. are really flavors that haven't reached the mainstream Cabin Crunch cereal boxes. So when I heard that there was a new snack mix in town uh, featuring Cabin Crunch, I had to look into it. But it turns out this one is only going to be popcorn and crunch berries, which... I'm not saying it's going to be bad. Uh, but I'm like, not if you, sure about it. <laughs> if you asked me to list like the two foods that would, you know, unilaterally just mess up my mouth and, yeah. <laughs> and any sort of, you know, measure of laceration, things getting stuck where they're not supposed to be, you know, surprise dental work, it'd be Cap'n Crunch Crunch Berries, which shred the palate, and popcorn, which uh, I think, you know, goes without saying that there's a lot going on there in terms of yeah. shrapnel and uh, risk. I think the thing that I'm sort of concerned about hearing this is just different different crunch velocities that it mm. takes to chew these foods, right? I mean, popcorn is like a little bit of a softer chew, and crunch berries are uh, crunchier. And I feel like crunching them together, it just there's something about it that doesn't immediately grab me as as appetizing. Whenever I'm reviewing something that's like a mix of textures and mouthfeels, I immediately ask myself, is this a nuts and gum cereal? Because I'm reminded of the <laughs> Simpsons bit where he eats 
nuts and gum together at last. Um, and it seems like a lot of cases there's this weird pairing of chewiness and crunchiness that ends up just being ridiculous, like just exhibitions of what food science can do rather than what it should. Now, this next story, you know what I would describe this next product uh, reveal as is brave. I would say this is a brave product. Mm. It certainly is unexpected. Uh, I got tweeted a photo by seriously friend Sammy Hain on Twitter who found, uh, you know, it's only February, of course, but he found Frankford, which is a candy company, uh, partnered with Fruit Loops to produce Fruit Loops flavored white chocolate Easter bunnies, which... Uh, if you look at them, they look like probably any other, you know, traditional chocolate bunny mold. And they are definitely white chocolate with all kinds of these iridescent rivers scattered therein of, uh, you know, Fruit Loop ribbons and I'm sure crispity, crunchy little cereal bits. And yeah, it's brave. It's brave. I think it's, it's going to be good. But It's brave because I, what I think, what really stands out to me, and maybe this is clearer, in I, looking at the imagery, I just am not seeing a lot. There's like the vaguest hint of coloration i mean it is like it looks almost like a sort of fruity rash has taken over this (laughs) this this white bunny um and and they didn't go hard on like the fruit loops coloring uh which i I feel like is 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 a bold choice see i think well i'm assuming that based on the looks of it alone having studied uh you know several chocolate rabbits in my time i'm familiar with the the taxonomy uh I would assume that this is not a hollow bunny, mm. but in the case of a cereal Easter candy bunny, I feel like you could get really far by ho- making it hollow and just filling it with Fruit Loops, right? Because then you just lop the ears off and you basically got <sighs> a milk receptacle. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Act fast, though. <laughs> eat, eat that mm-hmm. fast. Spring a leak. Um, this, this last story, though, is uh, this one's tough. This one's tough. You know, it just would be a shame if we didn't report it, uh, given what what this cereal has meant to this podcast. Uh, but I'm sorry to tell everyone out there that Hostess Powdered Donut Cereal has been officially discontinued. Um, so we got Twinkie cereal, which basically the moment that I tasted it, I'm like, this tastes a lot like donuts. I, mm-hmm. Knowing that the cereal industry is like you know, limiting the amount of products available to make them, you know, more profitable. I didn't think they'd have this overlap going for long, so I'm honestly not surprised that Powdered Donuts, being the older of the two, got bumped out. It's the less iconic Hostess snack cake of the two. Sure. Um, now, how did I, you come by this information? Because it's, I, I, I tend to think a lot of times you see cereals kind of more fade away than, than an announcement of a discontinuation. Well, it's funny. For a couple of months now, people have been tweeting at us like, great deal on uh, Hostess Powdered Donuts, only 99 cents at my grocery store. But then you realize that's because, you know, they're on clearance and they're on their way out. So mm-hmm. it's more of a bittersweet deal. But someone did directly, you know, contact Post and ask them whether they were still making this cereal. And we got the official, the official uh, eulogy there. But I know it's been a kind of a divisive cereal. A lot of people did not enjoy it as much as us. So maybe those that vocal minority had its way, and this was uh, an intentional assassination. Now, in, sadly, Kellogg's Donut Shop Pink Donut Cereal also met the, the similar fate at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when. If you try to buy it anywhere, you will find yourself to be sadly disappointed. Um, so both of these donut cereals have, have uh, faded into the ether. Who... 
what donut cereal uh, is still carrying the torch? Uh, is there even one? Well, I mean, we're about to review some Timbit cereal. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a donut hole. Sure. It's, yeah, I think the whole round donut thing, you know, is kind of a fad, you know, yeah. round donuts. So in the past, um, <laughs> we're moving on back into a, a purely donut hole economy. Um, as we mentioned on a previous episode, Timbit cereal has hit Canada yes. uh, in both chocolate glazed flavor as well as birthday cake. And as I understand that you have tried both of these? Yes, I have at this point. Uh, I was sent... Uh, boxes of both by a few different uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, and I, I appreciate uh, all of you so much, especially the the folks that marked it fragile. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> I mean, it is. I would say a misrepresentation, uh, but it is. I mean, I guess it is fragile, just not particularly tragic. If it is, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, crumbled somewhat. So, Alona from Saskatoon, thank you for your <laughs> for your uh, passing those along. Um, yeah, Timbit cereal. What did, what did you think, Dan? So I was definitely divided pretty starkly between the two flavors. This might sound like a hot take. I don't know why it would, but I don't think birthday cake belongs in cereal. I don't think it's ever been done mm. quite right. I mm. think it's just too subtle and nebulous of a flavor to define sure. in yeah. order to actually dilute it to the point that it works in a cereal. It's just going to end up tasting like sugar, uh, with maybe with a bit of vanilla if you're lucky, but I feel in a very competitive cereal market, you can't necessarily get by on sugar and vanilla alone anymore, which is why the birthday cake was certainly the weaker of the two for me. Mm. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I, I thought the, the chocolate was pretty good. Texture-wise, it's pretty easy to imagine because it's basically, to me, like very much like kicks, mm-hmm. um, like the, the, the individual pieces. Um, uh Gabe uh, over at Serial Time pointed out that the pieces were very similar to the um, Cold Stone Birthday Cake Remix mm-hmm. uh, cereal, if not exactly the same, which is also a multi meal slash post uh, cereal. Um, so that could be like a rebrand of of those. Yeah, um, I would. I would certainly agree. There was also. Malto Meal released a birthday cake cereal independently uh, in Canada as well, which is probably just this exact same thing repackaged. Yeah. But I've I heard... Would... Sorry, continue. Uh, I, I would say that the uh, the flavor is, you know, not that impressive. Um, uh, another poll from Gabe is he suggested mixing the two because the chocolate mm. flavor is actually very good. The yes. combo of the two. And I think that's what birthday cake is missing, right? I mean... It 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 needs a counterpoint, I think, rather because otherwise it's just a sort of sugar bomb. Sure, sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed the chocolate glazed as well because I thought it was just going to be like a straight carbon copy of Cocoa Puffs, mm-hmm. um, nothing more than that. But there's this really distinct, you know, I like to think it's the glaze flavor, but it's almost sort of smoky in a sense that really sets mm. it apart that... It's basically like if you're talking shiny Pokemon, it's like American Cocoa Puffs versus these Canadian Timbits. This is sort of like an extra sheen on top that makes it a little sure. bit better. Yeah. Um, I did hear uh, from an insider source that this sold extremely well in Canada, though. Um, apparently, they sold through three months' worth of the cereal in just a week wow. based on the amount of hype that it got. So regardless of what we think or not, uh, it's certainly a high-trafficked product. Maybe 
the bulk of that just got sent to your P.O. box. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, this next product to talk about, not cereal per se, but definitely in the, in the, uh, a genetic cousin. It shares mm-hmm. the DNA of cereal. Yeah, we're going back into sort of cereal co-branding to talk about new Yoplait cereal smoothies, which mm. come in both Trix and Cinnamon Toast Crunch varieties. Uh, so immediately when I hear about a Trix smoothie, I think of Trix yogurt, which was just so good. Do you Really good. I don't know what, what it was about that stuff. Apparently it's still available if you're like a lunch lady and you're ordering it by like the crate full. <laughs> right. But I think for us as poor pedestrians, it's very hard to get your hands on Trix yogurt. But this sort of smoothie was a bit different than that because where the Trix yogurt kind of just combined a couple flavors and swirled them together, this is literally just, you know, Trix puree. Uh, and I think that texture really works against it before anything else. It's Okay. So you've got milk, obviously. You've got ice cream. You've got yogurt sort of somewhere in the middle. But this is a weird, uncanny valley of viscosity where it's like extremely hard yogurt almost, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> craft fermented yogurt in a sense. And I know you could argue that's like kefir or I'm sorry, I might have pronounced that wrong. But... That's only the st- continue. <laughs> yeah, d- is there any of the like yogurt tang the- to it at all? Is there any of that like notes? There is. You can taste it on sort of the four note, four note of each. You know, I almost said spoonful, but it's more of like a, a you know, sort of a chuggable chunkful. <laughs> <laughs> but it does taste a lot like just actual tricks melted down, but. You get that tang at the start, and then you can tell that they really, really, really oversweetened it to try and counterbalance that, because this stuff is so, like, borderline fruit syrupy that I can't imagine what context this would be consumed in, because usually breakfast smoothies are marketed towards, like, the hip young professional on the go. And if I saw someone, you know, in the subway, in a suit, slamming back a trick smoothie and the inevitable (laughs) grimace they would make afterward that's just a whole different you know echelon of person that i would immediately not make eye contact with yeah that that uh it doesn't look great to me Mm -hmm. Uh, i would say Um, it does not look particularly appealing what about the cinnamon toast crunch version See, you'd think that something as simple as cinnamon and sugar would make this better, but I definitely disliked the Cinnamon Toast Crunch one a lot more. I disliked it more, which means I liked it less. Um, But they already definitely tried to oversweeten it to compensate for any sort of yogurty tang, but then when you try to get cinnamon in there as well, it's this sort of muddled triumvirate of flavors that is, again, super, super, super too sweet, too thick, uh, lingers in your mouth a little bit too long, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna have to pass on both of these and recommend you do the same. Uh, just for for people that are interested, when we're talking about uh, sugar, so a bowl, a serving size, which no one on the planet eats a serving size, of cinnamon toast crunch is nine grams of sugar, and a uh, one cinnamon toast crunch smoothie is 22 grams of sugar <laughs> so like, i didn't even know that that's i mean it's a sweet cereal already so like yeah that's a considerable amount of sugar 
Yeah, it's. I don't. I honestly tried it over cereal uh, in order to you see what that would maniac. Be. And the cinnamon toast crunch one about just you know. It's like a kid putting a fork in an outlet. It just shot me back against the wall. <laughs> it's kind of just way too much. Um, one more cereal-adjacent product. So this is interesting. This is Cinnamon Toast Crunch Coffee Creamer. And I will admit that I put this on the list, and I hadn't actually gotten the time to try it out before this uh, session. So I have not tried it in coffee yet, but when I realized that, and this was like 10 minutes before recording, I'm like, oh man, I gotta take a mouthful of this coffee creamer if I'm gonna say anything <laughs> intelligent about it. It's um, still less sweet than the drink smoothie. That's what I was gonna say! Oh it's no! The exact, it's the exact same taste palette as the smoothie. It's thinner, but it's about as palatable. <laughs> and I looked it up, and there's only 5 grams of sugar in that. Well, there which, you go. <laughs> it's just... I don't know, man. I guess you could pour the yogurt smoothie in your coffee. I don't know what that would do for the texture, but yeah, that'd be rough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would. I would say that when I actually get the chance to try this in coffee, it'll probably be enjoyable. But as my half review, I would say still better than the smoothie. Yeah, <laughs> don't gargle with it. I'll tell you that. Uh, we asked you, Dan. What did we ask people last week? Remind me. What was our question last week? We asked people what their secret cereal was, and this is a cereal that you are not going to tell people that you secretly enjoy a lot, maybe because it looks makes you look like an old person or a boring person, but you really mm. love it. You sort of just, you know, grovel in your kitchen at night and squat in front of the pantry and eat it. Um, so we've got a, a couple of responses from y'all and then a, a bonus uh, cereal cocktail recipe uh, at, at the end. So we'll hear those and then we'll be right back. Hi, Dan and Justin. Um, I'm Joe from Canada. And on your episode, you want to know what my secret cereal that I would never tell people that I love is. And seeing all the animosity you had towards uh, mini wheats, I've, I actually have quite the proclivity towards the maple flavor of mini wheats they have up here. I've always liked them ever since I was a kid and probably one of my favorite cereals. Hi, Dan and Justin. Despite being marketed as a diet cereal, Original Special K is one of my secret favorites. It has a snap crackle pop of Rice Krispies, but the added fiber helps them stay crunchier and milk longer. Flavor-wise, the subtle, malty undertones are entirely underrated. Sometimes, simplicity is best. Thoughts? Hi, Justin and Dan. This is Sam from Canada. I've been waiting for the subject of cereal-infused alcohol to become germane, and it finally has. I learned this from a local bartender. You take half a regular-sized box of Fruit Loops, and you soak it in a 26-ounce bottle of white rum for about an hour or two, and then you finally strain it. You'll find that all that fruity goodness has been transferred into the liquor, and it makes a fabulous daiquiri. I do mine on the rocks. Uh, this might also work with the Fruity Pebbles for Dan Sour. I think that sounds great, but I haven't tried it. Uh, my next experiment is going to be with bourbon and corn pops. Thanks, guys. Uh, you know, I actually, at first, that sounds delicious. Uh, I, I like Special K, too. I think that it's it's really good. It's like a satisfying, surprisingly satisfying cereal, I would say. Yeah, the flake texture is definitely unique that when I 
I'm actually reviewing a special case cereal. I don't really necessarily have anything to compare it to. Uh, it's very airy and almost like the popcorn of cereal in a sense, mm. I would say. Um, Every once in a while with special K, though, I'll get a really hard bite. <laughs> you ever mm. experience that? It's just a, I don't know if there's a, a husk or something that was undeveloped. Oh, I don't know. You lose a molar in the bowl, maybe? Uh, do you have a secret favorite healthy cereal? I would say Original Fiber One. It's Wow. You know... It's actually obscene how much fiber is in that stuff if you actually get right down to it. And it's obscene mm-hmm. how much of it I used to eat. Um, literally, just with a normal-sized bowl of cereal, you're getting over 100% of your daily recommended fiber. Hey, and you look at it, and it looks like rabbit food or, or perhaps yeah. some or other sort of animal pellet. And it, it doesn't really taste great, but I don't know. I have this weird thing with bland foods that I actually like quietly enjoy. Like, I'll be the guy who's eating cold unsauced pasta, you know, out of the fridge, like the yeah. gremlin that everyone else was earlier. <laughs> uh, I uh, I have a real soft spot in my heart. I mean, I would say like top three is Quaker Oat Squares. Mm. Um, I just think that, and that is, uh, you know, by no means a healthy cereal. It is a, it is nutritionally dense, I would say, but yes. it is marketed as, as kind of an old person cereal. Wilford Rimley said it would give you long lasting energy to keep you going all day long. Um, <laughs> So if you want to reach out to us like this via voicemail, you can go to bowl.rest, and you can uh, record a voicemail right there on the site. Dan, do you have any queries for people this week, anything that's sort of been kicking around your in your noodle? So my favorite voice messages that I think we get uh, are from people describing cereals that I have not and cannot try. So whether... You have tried an international cereal abroad or whether you live abroad and have a favorite cereal that is not uh, for sale in America. What is your favorite? Uh, so I want to tour the world of cereals if we can. Um, let's talk about this is one of my favorite segments where we get to dig into the ephemera of of cereal history. Um, and uh, you've got a few to, to tell us about this week. Let's start with High Graham. Yeah, so if you remember our Serial Myths series, we've covered some really out there uh, alleged and real cereals. Um, and this is definitely one of my favorite segments as well. So I was looking into what some other sort of uh, lost cereals might be, and I stumbled upon a thread on Mr. Breakfast, which, if you are not familiar, is a very great resource for cereal fans and historians because it is cataloged just about every cereal from the past. It's a, a veritable encyclopedia that I have used as reference content many times for blog posts, but it was a sort of a th- fan thread that was about listing cereals that were not in the database already um, and trying to provide credence for those. So I thought this would be a great place to look for, if not outright mythical cereals, ones that are very odd, these deep cuts that have kind of been lost to history. And I think I found some good ones, starting with high gram, which when you think about gram cereals, you think golden grams is the original. It's the OG. It's got to be. In fact, if you type in high gram cereal in Google, like Google Images, it's just going to think you were saying hi to a box of golden gram cereals and show (laughs) you that instead. Um, But this weird high gram cereal came out in 1965. There... It's not a lot about it on the internet, except I did find this one print ad for it, and it is a hot cereal, so it's kind of like a hybrid cereal oatmeal. But sure. this ad is just 
wild. Let me read how they sell it to you. Their slogan is just a very dubious use of rhyme. The first hot cereal with the graham cracker taste kids love. New high graham hot cereal from Nabisco. It's lip smacky, graham cracky. No, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right? And then it's interesting because right below that, in an entirely different, much sterner font, it says, but serious about nutrition. And there's a photo of a mother looking at you right in the eye. Yeah. Uh, it's just not too much fun, Ad. You've, you've gotten away with this silliness long enough. Yeah, I'll definitely tweet about this image uh, when this episode comes out because it's a, it's a good reference material and a good piece of his history for Golden Graham fans who want to know about their ancestry. Uh, you could say the same thing about Mr. Waffles. Mr. Waffles. So you think about waffle cereals also, and there's a pretty limited uh, sort of constellation of waffle cereals occurring over time. Obviously, Eggo cereal is the latest iteration, um, and Waffle Crisp is kind of the star of the genre. But if you go back even further, you see that there was a Waffle O's cereal uh, back in the 80s, and a very, very, you know, less recorded ancestor to even that called Mr. Waffle's cereal from 1966. So the year after we got the first Graham cereal, we got the first proper Waffle cereal. And this is unique in that it came in both a regular and a banana variety. So mm. while we thought that blueberry Eggo cereal was kind of crazy, Mr. Waffle was busting out the experimental hits way <laughs> before I was even born. Uh, if you look at Mr. Waffle's, he, he appears to be a jovial fellow, buck teeth, uh, black mustache, black bowler cap, uh, checkered shirt, of course. Sure. And waffles. he was ahead of his time. The box described the cereal apparently as tiny toasted waffles sugared up. Oh, that's one word hyphenated for you. Uh, and it was Mr. Waffles, the world's first unsinkable cereal. <laughs> um, this third cereal I've become, like, I can't stop thinking about ever since uh, you, you put it in the show notes here. Because what is it? I mean, what is it? Uh, so this is... Crunchin' Rice Krispies, and it's so weird that I understand High Graham and Mr. Waffles being from, you know, half a century ago, being a bit forgotten, but Crunchin' Rice Krispies came out in 2002, and if you look it up, the only record you're going to find of it is this ad on YouTube about Snap, Crackle, and Pop climbing on top of a billboard to advertise Crunchin' Rice Krispies, which are, by the way, just larger, rounder Rice Krispies that are supposed to make a heartier crunch. Okay. So, Snap, Crackle, and Pop are on this billboard, and the voice acting is just it's insane. It's wild. Yeah, obviously we're going to link this as well, but the range of characters they got to play these three elves is insane. And they get told by the cops to get down, um, and in response, I think it's Pop, or, or I think, he just sort of starts crunching these Crunch and Rice Krispies really loudly and violently, and without any sort of uh, eti etiquette or decorum. But... That's the, only, that's the only record. Nobody else has really written about it. Uh, I think we can understand that this might have been one of the objectively most boring cereals in concept that ever existed. Yeah, bigger but, Rice Krispies. Is Rice Krispies XL, basically. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'd love to highlight about this Crunch and Rice Krispies episode is it's got the classic image of, like, uh, selling cereal as part of a complete breakfast and they mm -hmm. put other healthier things in there just like if you get all this stuff together it'll probably be fine yeah <laughs> uh, it's got uh, 
of the bowl of cereal and a glass of milk and a pitcher of milk and like a sad, <laughs> a sad sort of orange off to the side. Like you could take it or leave it. It might be decor. That's how far removed it is from the meal. And right. then on a plate next to it is, <laughs> is a kiss of pop tart. <laughs> It's 2002. We have no excuse. It's, it's like there's a complete breakfast. You're not done with breakfast yet. Here's a pot. You haven't finished your pitcher of milk yet. Yeah, the pitcher of milk and your orange and your pop tart. It's a complete breakfast. Marked all the boxes. Yeah, we got everything. All the food groups are here. It's just like this is a sneaky way. I'm like, you're already being sneaky with this tactic, but to throw a pop tart in there to try to sell some more of those is right. is really amazing. Oh gosh. Um. All right. Well, we have. Uh. Let's see. We have time for one quick question here. Um. This is from. Adolin, who asks, Hi, Dan and Justin. Back in October, my girlfriend found a super cheap sale on Captain Crunch and bought eight to ten boxes of it. Four months later, we recently moved and still have a little over three boxes left. We just can't seem to get through it fast enough. So I was wondering, have you ever loved a cereal so much that you went overboard and bought more than you could reasonably handle? Hmm. I have run into this with, like, where I'll buy a cereal and then get sent a cereal um, by a listener or by a company. I think the one that, um, not by a company, that's never happened yet, but uh, definitely by <laughs> listeners. The one, that, uh, I, I do have a very clear memory of, uh, I, so when Super Mario Brothers cereal came out a couple years back, mm-hmm. uh, actually right around the time we started this podcast, actually, if memory serves, um, the uh, I couldn't find it on store shelves, so I had to buy it online. And the only offering was a three pack on eBay. Ooh. And then I found it uh, a <laughs> like three days later in a store. So I ordered this three pack, and then I bought the box of cereal. And it is genuinely, I mean, I love cereal, and this is Dan will back me up here. A reprehensible cereal. <laughs> It's I mean, one it, of the worst. It's ghastly. I mean, it barely qualifies as cereal. It's <laughs> absolutely miserable. And then for the next few days, I just like every day would like look outside of the porch to see if my <laughs> giant, <laughs> giant box of inedible cereal had been delivered. Just punted across the lawn at that point. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say this goes back. Uh, this was originally going to be my my gut reaction to the secret cereal answer be- because I have more than a few of these weird sort of boring cereals that I like. But Fiber One Honey Squares was a cereal that was around, you know, five-ish years ago probably. And it wasn't really anything special. It was sort of like these tiny micro Cinnamon Toast Crunch size squares but they were, you know, sort of this toasted honey flavored. They were very airy as well. Um, and I could tell, much like the donuts, that these were on their way out because they were being put on clearance. So I ordered, like, an eight-pack of them, I think, shipped from Walmart. And I get that when you're buying cereals, the expiration date is usually pretty generous. You've usually got more than a few months. Um, but given that this was already a clearance product, I grossly you know, sort of overestimated how much time I would have to eat uh, mm. sort of these bricks of, you know, fiber bricks. 
and I definitely did not make it in time in that case. And I still hold the cereal fondly in my memory. I think I would do it again, even if even if I had the chance. Um, folks, next time y'all run into this, here's a solution I've used many times. Uh, a half stick of butter, 10 ounces of marshmallows, mm. melt them together, mix it with six cups of cereal, you got yourself some treats. Those are gonna fly. Those are gonna fly. They'll be. It's a lot easier to get through. And and you know, uh, you know, you share those around. It's perfect. Any cereal. It works with basically any cereal. At, at every time I've tried it, it has worked. So you say basically. Um, what do you think would not work? Well, okay. Crunch berries actually did not because of the spherical shape. Mm-hmm. Crunch berries didn't do a great job of adhering. The size was just a little bit too big. I think pretty much anything else, though, like as long as it's not strictly spherical, larger size <laughs> cereals would be tough. Um, Aren't there Captain a Crunch lot of spherical cereals? <laughs> no, I mean, the ones where you'd run into trouble, like I think Cookie Crisp would be tough. Oh, yeah. The, what I would suggest is like break half of the cereal up and then you're going to have like a bonding agent that's going to help the treats stick mm-hmm. together a little better. That is my tip. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening to our program. We hope you've had a nice time, a relaxing time. Um, like we said, you can find our show at bowl.rest, and uh, that is also a place where you can donate to the show, make a monthly donation if you would be so inclined. Half of that money goes to keep net running, and half of it goes to a local food shelter in uh, Huntington, West Virginia. So it's it's a good good causes all around. And did I say net? I did. That is Dan's website where you can find the latest and greatest in serial news. Sometimes get a little sneak peek of what you'll be hearing on uh, on this very program. And uh, it's beautifully written, which is the reason I wanted to work <laughs> with Dan on the show in the first place is because I think he is genuinely a, a, an amazingly talented writer. And you should go read all of his stuff right this second. Uh, yeah, we, we would also, well, thank you for that. But I'd also like to thank uh, Emily Loper for doing our editing now, as well as uh, Chris Zabriskie for providing the opening theme of The Sun is Scheduled to Come Out Tomorrow. Absolutely. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, that is going to do it for us for this episode. So for Dan Goubert, my name is Justin McElroy. And as always, don't forget. forget. I forgot it. Huh? What? I forgot it. Well, don't forget to what? Oh, to drink the milk. Yeah, drink the milk. Don't forget. Drink the milk. Don't, don't forget, forget to drink the milk. To drink the milk. Don't forget to drink the milk. I'm writing it down. Mm-hmm. Next time we'll get it. <laughs> <laughs>